0: Welcome to the Chapman CG podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with HR leaders from around the world. A lot of emphasis and money is given to corporate branding, but as the global competition's talent only grows more challenging, organizations are realizing the importance of not only their product image, but their reputation as an employer. I'm here with Lily Liang, vice president of human resources for Asia Pacific and Africa at Nike to discuss how to become an employer of choice. Hi there, Lily. Hi, Oscar. Why don't we start by just um, asking to explain a little bit about yourself and your role at Nike? Sure.
1: Well, uh, my name is Lily Liang. I'm originally from Shanghai, China. I went to medical school and started my career in self-function. I moved from self-to-self sales sales training and then later on learning and development, and that's how I started in HR. I joined Diazhu in year 2006. My first role in Diageo was a talent and OD, Organizational Development Manager for Greater China. When I supported two merge and acquisition projects in China for Diageo, one was to form a joint venture with a local listed company, which is very exciting because I led like the work of HR due diligence and also uh, the, HR, the organizational design, the talent acquisition for leadership team. Uh, and, uh, then after that, the two years in, uh, so supporting merger and acquisition projects, moved to Southeast Asia as the HR director for SEA. That was the first time I worked and lived in Singapore. That time was during the last global economy recession, if you remember. So I led the work of the restructure and reorg for the Southeast Asia region. I did that role for one and a half years, and in year 2010, moved back to Shanghai, my hometown, to assume the role as HR director for Greater China, so did that role for five years. Left the Azure earlier this year, joined Nike as the HR VP for Asia Pacific and Africa for six months now. So that's me. Right. And my role, as I mentioned, uh, is the HR VP for Asia Pacific and Africa. I look after countries in Asia Pacific country uh, in Asia Pacific region except for Greater China. Greater China reports to global directly, and also Africa region.
0: That's great, and it's. Great to hear your background, because you we're seeing more and more people from China you know, get more and more senior and take on these regional roles, and, and sometimes out of Singapore, sometimes actually in China. So it's really good to have you know, someone with your background um, on this podcast series. Let's, let's jump straight into the, the, the main topic today, which is about you know, the employer of choice element. You know, what, what do you think about Nike, or maybe even from a previous company, um, what are the key elements that makes an organization an employer of choice?
1: Uh, I think if I think about Nike, first of all, Nike is in a consumer goods company, so we have a very strong brand across the world. Nike is the number one, by far the number one sports brand across the world, and we just recently did some research on our brand, and in most of the countries, Nike is viewed as one of the top coolest brands in their market. So I think that resonates with the young employees, who doesn't uh, want to work for a cool company. So I think that's the first element, makes Nike a global employer of choice. And the second element, I think Nike is a true innovation company. The company culture really stimulates and supports the innovation and experiment. So for anyone who wants to kind of, you know, working for a creative company, I think Nike is the choice. And Nike as a consumer brand company, it creates the demand, instead of following the trend. It's all enabled by its innovation nature. And I think lastly, Nike offers you a a career instead of just a job or a few jobs. And in Nike, when we do career mapping, career planning, we actually look more from employee experience perspective rather than specific jobs. So I think those are the three elements makes Nike a global employer of choice, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Yeah, look, I think you articulated that very well. Um, I guess the follow-up question would be, and, and it goes back to you know your current role, how can you make sure that this is consistent when, let's say, in your position, you're covering X number of countries and markets in Asia and in Africa? How can you make sure that what you're saying there translates to reality in all those different markets?
1: Uh, well, I think that's a very good question, and it's not easy. I think, again, if I think of Nike, uh, there are two elements make it sort of easier for, for, for HR function uh, to have this consistent employee brand across all the markets. Firstly, Nike uh, has a very strong global um, brand strategy, so we have a very consistent brand strategy. So the way how we touch with consumers is very consistent across the market. And secondly, I think you know, when we select GMs for the countries we normally require that GM or that candidate works in other Nike markets before to ensure that general manager candidate has the real kind of Nike culture he can bring into the market he's going to lead. Because I think employee brand has a lot to do with the company culture. So I think the consistent brand strategy and also the leaders who has the international experience with Nike uh, those are the two elements to enable us to have a consistent, quite unified impl- employee brand in several countries, in different countries.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting, and I can see why, of course, you know, you being a marketing company helps uh, in the, this whole um, subject of employer branding. But I wonder, I wonder if it can also be a downside as well, because when we look at employer branding, it always falls between HR and marketing. You know, these are two powerful um, elements of a company, and I would imagine that in Nike, marketing is of course very strong, so how, who is the rightful owner of the employer branding strategy? Is it marketing or is it HR in Nike?
1: Well, I think in my view, I think it's the business who owns the employer branding. I feel it's, um, for example, it's our CEO and it's global execs who owns the employer branding. It's our general managers and the leadership teams in the countries owns the employer branding. I think in between HR and marketing, we need to work hand in hand in terms of working out how we kind of communicate our employer branding in the markets and to the potential candidates. But in general, I feel like you know it should be the general uh, it should be the business, the general manager, the leadership team who owns employer branding.
0: So if there's a company listening and they really don't have. a a, a, a good way of, of doing employer branding, and they're wondering how, how to work it out between these two departments. How does it work structurally, um, either in Nike or in your previous company? How, how does it work structurally so that it works very seamlessly and, and you're not butting heads together?
1: <laughs> I think, first of all, start with forgetting about it, it's a trust thing because I don't think it's a trust thing. I don't think mm. it's a marketing thing either. I feel you need to have a collective ownership from the leadership team. And depending on whether the company wants a very consistent employer branding across the markets, because some companies, they don't, and some, they do, and Nike is the latter. Nike wants a very consistent employer branding across all the countries. So uh, you should start from the top. Again, the ownership should sit with the leadership team, start from the global execs, and then cascade down to the market leadership teams. And in the market, how do HR leaders work with the function has to improve the employer brand, I think again, start from collectively owning it. And I would encourage HR leaders to put employer branding as one of the regular topic in the leadership meetings, if that's important to them.
0: That's great. And I think when it comes to employer branding, all of us are focused on, you know, the different channels, be it social media or be it through, you know, your recruitment channels or agents. What what do you think that you're doing that is Particularly different or creative from from the Nike standpoint, and how does that translate into how employees feel um, as you know as they're they're part of your company?
1: I think uh, every company does all those you know digital uh, or other stuff to to um, kind of promote their employee brand. I think Nike does that as well. Uh, we do you know through social media, we do through posting jobs on LinkedIn, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think all the companies do the same. Um, the other thing Nike really focus on, not only HR, but all the leaders, even all the employees, because the one thing we've been working on is to make sure every Nike employee is a Nike ambassador. So hmm. whenever they talk to their friends, they promote Nike as a company. And whenever they talk to their friends their families, they will recommend Nike as a company to work for. So I think that's something uh, HR has been doing really, really Uh, well in the last couple of years. Obviously, through different channels, uh, I think most importantly, just to engage employees day in and day out.
0: That's great. Well, thanks so much for that, Lily. That was very insightful. That was Lily Liang, the Vice President of Human Resources for Asia Pacific and Africa at Nike. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, subscribe to our podcast series or check us out at ChapmanCG.com.